It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head On with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 18th day of January, 2024. Pay no mind to what's over on Podbean. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the naming convention now, because I screwed up. Things I didn't know until today. Like, for instance, if you go to upload your podcast, and you say your internet flips, the podcast, <laughs> miraculously devilishly doesn't upload, so I wound up having to do that earlier today, and well, today is the 18th of January, 2024, so my little blonde brain dated today's, uh, yesterday's podcast as the 18th and not the 17th, and fortunately for me, Brother Deacon Asa found that, spotted it, noticed it, and then I went to Podbean, and I can't figure out how to change it without just deleting it all together and re-uploading it. Uh, problem. Problem. I remember long ago there was a... Uh, one of the radio stations I worked at ran on the, I uh, think, NBC Talk Radio Network. The Sally Jesse Raphael Show. And one of, and this is before she hit TV, and one of the promos had her voice saying, Problems! Everybody has them! So that's where my little, my little blonde brain went when I just, Problems. Hi, I'm Robin. It is indeed the 18th day of January, 2024, and I'll sort this out. I don't know, maybe I'll call it the 18th Part 2 or something like that. Part Der, The Adventure Continues. What abs. Uh, but uh, uh, if you would like to be on this uh, frozen. Uh, Ralphs, that's what I did. I called it January 18th. I called yesterday's the 18th of January. Um, but that, I get your point. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, we, uh, it's, it's, we had a heat wave today. We got up to like 36 degrees. And. I'm not even burning a bottle of gas right now. And it's 66 here in the fabulous Horn Studios at the, at the magnificent Kincaid Mansion. 
but if you would like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between the Great Globe Round, well, pop on by, head on .live, click on chat room, and you will be greeted by the early arrivers. That's uh, Squeaky and Theo, and uh, capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire, Roger in Oregon, who says he's got power and Internet. Oh, what a win that is. Yes, I'm glad, Roger, I'm glad. Snow's still on the ground here, not much melting going on. And, hey, we've got a winter storm warning going for tonight into, like, Saturday or something and and more insane low indoor camping temperatures. So uh, we'll be coping with that. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so we say thank you to those who have jumped in here on the, really, the 18th day of January via... Uh, via Skype, or Skype, via PayPal. Come on, Roxanne. That means uh, thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you so very kindly. And thanks as well to Joy in Ann Arbor. Thank you both for being partial sponsors of the program. I'm sure Charlene and Joy both would love to have some uh, subscriber company on the 18th. If anybody, if you're new, maybe new to the program, maybe you just ran across it. We don't have any ads here. Uh, the usual array of stupid beats ads and um, ads for Bose Wave radios or uh, gold, buy gold now, or Mr. Meth Pillow mattresses or pillows aren't here. There are no ads here. It's three hours of conversation with. Well, with a few pregnant pauses here and there and technical difficulties, because this is a one-girl operation. But if you'd like to help out, you know, signing up for a $10 a month subscription will set you back less than the price of a half a stick of Wrigley's chewing gum per program. At that rate, you know, you could you could subscribe for... Uh, 20 bucks a month, and goodness me, you could, you'd be giving up the whole stick of chewing gum. I know, it's a lot. But it does help us keep on, keep on the air, and the more subscribers we have, the less I have to go on and on and on about fundraising every program, which, frankly, I loathe doing. I just loathe it because it breaks the flow of the conversation, and it just, ugh. But it's the only way I know to keep the program on the air, and here we are. Uh, let's see. Um, we are 17 days from being 20 years old, this little conversation. How about that? We went on the air the first time on terrestrial radio on February the 4th, 2004. I dared to dream. I dared to hope. But I had no certainty that this would be 20 years in the, in, in, as a going concern. And I don't even know that it's a going concern. But you, you get the idea. 
Well, thank you. Thank you, Henry. Henry jumped right in there and got us uh, got us started. And that means we are down to uh, um, 1360. Our deficit is 1360. So 160 more dollars, and we're fully funded for last Friday. And then we can start. And you know, it would be if, if we're if we're only dealing with this week and instead of a backlog into last week. By the time Friday on the front porch comes around, that's awesome. Thank you, Henry. Thank you so so much. I'm so glad to know you're out there. You know, I probably don't hear from the vast majority of the people who share their precious finite time engaging in this program. But I need I need to say from time to time that I think about I think about you all. I think about everybody who engages, even just by sitting and listening or falling asleep. I do that. I've been known to put a lot of I put a lot of people to sleep over the years. Um, <laughs> and they tell me it's a good thing. There's something soothing about me lo- listening to me lose my mind as they drift off to dreamland. But I do. I do. You're all very much on my mind. And this keeps, you know, we, we keep each other sane. Even when it feels like maybe we're not being so good at staying sane. It, you know, it, it does happen. There are some days you just look at things and you go, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm in the right in the, in the right dimension. Um, Annette is forever saying that something happened when we got on that boat, and that uh, we came we came back we came back to the wrong Earth. We did pass through the Bermuda Triangle. I mean, gotta gotta give her that. And today is, in fact, Thorn in the Side Thursday. And we have some really, really stupid thorns. I fear that's going to be the case for, well, it's just how things are. Uh, Georgia and I talked about that uh, yesterday evening. And all we, you know, what's 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 the old saying? The only way out is through. Well, here we are. Indeed. Um, well, okay. Stop not knowing everything about everything, Robin. Neo ignoramial luddite. Patious shell. He asked, Kennedy Stein will win the White House in 2026. And I had it for 2025. Doggone it. Your point is taken. Hey, thank you, Arnold, up in PA. Uh, so we are uh, down to $135 to go. Uh, to uh, finish off last Friday, and then we'll see what else happens from there. Thank you, Arnold. Thank you so much. All right, let's get to it. Let's decide, you know, where where the stupid starts. I, okay, we are three days past the uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
birthday holiday. But apparently, white men are still being stupid. You know, of course, that there has been a really dumb attack on Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. She's having an affair! Yeah, because, you know, I guess, what, when she became Fulton County District Attorney, she was supposed to take some sort of vow of celibacy? How's that work? Well, Nitwit Nero's chief pettifogger, uh, a guy named Stephen Sadow, Sado, don't know, Sado, don't know, wrecked him, nearly killed him. <sighs> Sorry, uh, but uh, the, the pettifogger Stephen Sado. Uh, wrote, of all times, on January the 6th, 2024, to uh, Fonnie Willis's... Uh, well, he sent the email to every lawyer involved in the case, prosecution or defense. And Stephen Sato said, For the life of me, I cannot understand why you refuse to respond to the series of emails below. Uh, the uh, New York Times got hold of the entire email thread. And it doesn't work out well for Lawyer Sado. Because he got clapped back at, y'all. Executive District Attorney Daisha Young, who is an African-American woman, was the first to respond. And she said, uh, The district attorney and I are both aware, especially as African-American women, that some find it difficult to treat us respectfully. And th this was something up with which Stephen Sato, criminal, uh, criminal defense pettifogger, would not put. I've come, I find your your reply offensive, uncalled for, and untrue. There's no racism on in my email. And this is the best part. Yeah, when the white man accuses the black woman of haughtiness, why don't you're in Atlanta, sugar? Why don't you just call her uppity? Well, that's when Fonnie Willis wrote back. She said, In the legal community, in the world at large, some people will never be able to respect African Americans and or women as their equal and counterpart. That is a burden you do not experience. Further, some are so used to doing it, they're not even aware they're doing it, while others are intentional in their continued disrespect. Now, you know I cannot be bullied, and, and she means it. Good Lord, I think back to the letter that she wrote to poor Jim Jacketoff Jordan and excoriated him for the petty little prick that he is. Now, you know I cannot be bullied. So I do not even think anyone on this team thought someone was silly enough to try that as a tactic. 
As you are aware, I have now experienced some of the most powerful people in the country call me everything but a child of God, but yet here I and my team stand still pursuing justice. This is, of course, after Nitwit Nero, or as uh, uh, Todd refers to him, the orange jailbird. Uh, Todd said, I finally saw the mentally ill fascist hand with the red stains from yesterday. Maybe that's the blood of Christ on our Savior's hand. Like LeVar Burton said, bleeding is fundamental. So sad. Thank you, Todd. The orange jailbird, yes. Uh, because he, he has said, Funny Willis is having an affair with a gang member. But I don't, I get the idea they're not going to have any luck trying to intimidate her. Uh, she uh, spoke in a church in the Atlanta area last weekend. She said, I don't think either of us at the time had an idea what I would inherit or gain as I became a DA. And she got a little, she got a little worked up. Had to take a minute and reset. A divorced single mom who doesn't belong to the right social groups, doesn't necessarily come from the right family, doesn't have the right pedigree. The assignment was just too high for lowly me. Seven of the highest profile cases in the United States going to land right here. Now, please make it stop. God, you forgot to mention that my life and the life of my family would be threatened so regularly. I now think it's not normal if I don't have two death threats a week. God, you did not tell me that people would call me the N-word more than they call me Fonny. I have no doubt whatsoever that that's the case. And no, she is not. She is not exaggerating. But she did. She put Stephen Sato in his place. And there will be a hearing on whether or not she's improperly romping with somebody. Maybe someday, maybe someday the multimillionaire for-profit media will stop reporting this, this swine slop because it was put out there in connivance with Orange Julius Geezer. for purposes of trying to interfere with the progress of the case. It'll be dealt with. The case against Nitwit Nero in Georgia ain't going away. And it was a tough day for counsel from the, for the parking garage. The whole ca her whole her whole case is falling apart. Judge Kaplan today, during the second day of trying to cross-examine Jean Carroll, uh, she tried to cross her about sexually explicit 
tweets that she had written in the past. The problem was relevance. Questions in trials, either on direct or cross, must be relevant. They must have probative value. And it is not relevant how many sexually explicit tweets Eugene Carroll tweeted because none of that means that she somehow deserved to be either thumbed or fucked by Nitwit Nero in a dressing room in a New York City department store. Raped. And so, every time she tried to go down that path, uh, counsel for the plaintiff objected, and Judge Kaplan sustained them. So then she shifted to money. God, she's horrid. Did the verdict in the case last year provide you with greater status in New York? And E.G. Carroll said, the feeling of triumph. You did, media. We had five TV appearances. I posted twice on my Substack about it and on Twitter and Instagram. And you've been on left-leaning platforms? Well, plaintiff's counsel objected to that one. And Judge Kaplan sustained it again. But Alina Habana 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 came back like a dog returning to its vomit and said, They're left-leaning? And having sustained the prior objection, Judge Kaplan looked at her and said, Did you not hear me? He's going to protect his previous verdict and this verdict, but that doesn't mean he's going to let him run roughshod. And it just kept getting worse for counsel for the parking garage. And eventually, one question was sufficient to do her in. Her other line of attack was to think that, say that uh, reputational damage to E. Jean Carroll happened before Nitwit Nero sexually assaulted her back in the day and before he defamed her, particularly before he defamed her. Uh, Joyce Vance uh, published some thoughts on it and said, Carol's lawyer, Robbie Kaplan, cut out that argument's legs with one question. He simply asked her, did any of the tweets before Donald Trump's statement call you a Democratic operative or say that you should be raped? And she said, no, neither. And Joyce Vance said, that put paid to her. And it's just another of her embarrassing efforts to defend her orange boyfriend 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, quiet. So I don't know where that came from. Uh, some legal observers are saying that, I know, Fox News style book, some, but they're saying that she's already poisoned the well with the jury because the jury will be instructed they're not here to determine whether he raped her. That's already been established. He raped her. They're not here to determine if he previously defamed her. That's already been proven. The only question here is how much to order him to pay her for her reputational harm. Over on MSNBC, Dave Ehrenberg said this morning, I would liken him to the Titanic, but at least the Titanic had a band. Yes, Ralphs, yes. From Young Frankenstein, Chloris Leachman, he was my boyfriend. (laughs) Indeed, Cynthia. How about some whataboutism here? What about Trump's affairs? What about Jared and Iwanka serving, there's a joke, grifting really, together in the White House? What about that? But they have to make any bullshit they can about Fonny, the assholes. Yeah, Cynthia, and it's, uh, look, anybody who understands knows that old adage that I've repeated ad infinitum ad nauseam here as a trial lawyer when you have the facts pound on the facts when you have the law pound on the law and when you ain't got neither honey pound on the table and all that shit in Georgia and all that shit before Lewis Kaplan and all that shit before Judge Angoron ain't nothing but table pounding If you've got a defense, go do it. If you have no defense, then engage in this kind of pustulous behavior. Lord. And, and in point of fact, uh, in another case of pounding on the table, uh, up in the uh, district court for the District of Columbia and the, uh, uh, the, the, the insurrection trial, in which we still don't know who uh, co-conspirator number six is, and I'm, rooting it for, I'm still rooting for it to be, Insurrectionist Thomas. Um, Judge Chutkin today ruled on uh, a portion of a motion filed by Geezer Disgustus's petty foggers. They had moved for con- a contempt citation against Jack Smith. And 
Nitwit Nero said, uh, uh, begged the court, please don't let him make any more filings before the Supreme Court uh, does what I, I put them there to do. Because, see, he wanted Smith held in contempt for having continued to pursue the case while it's on the way to the Supreme Court. And he wanted the filings withdrawn. In her order, she said, no, there will be no contempt. The stay order did not clearly and unambiguously prohibit the government actions to which defendant objects. On its own terms, then, the stay order's key operative sentence did not clearly bar the government from voluntary rather than obligatory compliance with the pretrial order's now stayed deadlines and said that the filings were mostly compatible with the previous order. But because she, too, is protecting any potential guilty verdict, she said, okay, uh, Mr. Smith, don't file anything else until the appeal is over. Uh, but if something comes up that you feel like really needs to be filed, you can seek the permission of the court. That was the only thing that even remotely smelled like a win for Nitwit Nero. Everything else, ah, she shit-canned a lot of it. Good for her. And now, with people wondering if he's if if the spirochetes are shrieking each to each inside betwixt his ears, um, he said yesterday uh, at one of his claverns in New Hampshire. Actually, uh. And, 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 and he lacks the perspicacity to realize that this isn't, he's not doing what he thinks he's doing. I feel like I'm about 35 years old. I actually feel better now than I did 30 years ago. I think cognitively I'm better than I was 20 years ago. I don't know why. His biographer, Tim O'Brien, said, Psst. He's not. I flew around with him in his plane and walked his golf course with him 20 years ago. Not very cognitively together then. Much less cognitively better now. Then George Conway jumped in to give the rusty knife a twist and said, Indeed. And he clearly has deteriorated over the past three years. This will become apparent to the public as they begin to see more of him this year. He has greatly benefited from not being in the public eye in 2021 to 2023. Keith Olbermann in classic form said, I'm better than I was 20 years ago. Better than what? Syphilis? And another wag, uh, Spiro's ghost, said, now he fears this topic so much it's why he can't help spew out random crazy craziness like this for no reason. 
He's conspicuously misfiring more than ever lately, separate from his clear neurological issues with walking, balance, and now his multiple <clears throat> hand wounds <clears throat> today. Hand wounds. Uh, paging Dr. Freud, says Billable Rick, for the reference to Trump as uh, Habita's orange boyfriend. Hey, that's my orange boyfriend. You get a you get a sense for the flavor of this particular thorn in the side Thursday because I do. Apropos of nothing, apparently Dennis Kucinich, campaign manager for Rotted FK, is going to run for Congress for some seat in the state of Ohio. And speaking of Ohio. This is just so awful. Um, the story comes from uh, local channel 12, WOIO, CNN, CNN News Source, WKRC. The dateline is Elyria, Ohio. where a woman was dragged away by uh, the cops in handcuffs after a police raid on their home. There was a one-year-old infant in its cradle in the home when the cops, according to the family, threw a flashbang grenade into the house and injured the one-year-old child. This is repulsive. It all got caught on the family's ring doorbell. There's good reason to have those. The Illyria Police Special Response Team showed up in the middle of the day, threw flashbangs at the door, and busted through it. And 25-year-old Courtney Price was staying there with her aunt in Illyria with her one-year-old son. And she was the only one at home when she heard the big bang on the door. She said, all I seen was lights flashing and smoke coming into the house. WOIO in its reporting said that they, in the dead of winter, broke out two windows and little one-year-old Waylon May was already sick, badly sick. It's RSV season. I don't know that's what it was. And the little the little fellow was in his baby swing.
mama, Courtney Price, said, I didn't know what to do because there was guns pointed at me. I wanted to run to him, but I knew if I ran to him, they could have shot. They drug me out of the house, put me in handcuffs. I kept screaming, my baby, my baby's on a ventilator. My baby's in here. Jesus, on a ventilator. The baby was sitting below the window. They threw the fucking flashbang through. And while the uh, pigs, let's call them what they are, these are pigs. These are not police. These are pigs. These are fascists. These are, these are fascists. Oh, we didn't throw any flashbangs into the house. Well, there's a ring doorbell video from a next-door neighbor that shows them lobbing flashbang grenades. Uh, authorities told WOIO that while we assessed the we assessed the situation with the little baby, and we didn't do nothing to him. Uh, any allegations suggesting the child was exposed to chemical agents, lack of medical attention, or negligence is not true. Wow. You know what's not in that list? Any allegation that we intentionally hurt the child. Didn't deny that. The cops were looking for a burglary suspect and firearms they thought had something to do with it. They've continued to harass that family, looking for the 14-year-old. The Jennings family that said that they've come there before and said, he hasn't been in that house in over a year, and we have told them that. And the woman who's renting the house said, the cops knew he wasn't there and that he doesn't live there. Now, the family said, listen, we're just moving. We can't be safe. We can't be safe here. And, of course, the, in, this, in this case, those pigs will say, well, we were acting in good faith. No, they weren't. But they'll probably get away with it. The Rolo Tomasi Police Department. The guy who always gets away with it. Oh, and we were talking about Alina Havana 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 earlier she's nitwit Nero has apparently taught her uh, the grift quite well 
And so she knows that some of the easiest pockets to pick are the religiously gullible. And so she's gone out on uh, she's gone out to uh, uh, hustle them. And she showed up at the Ark of Grace Ministries. I know we're past prayer meeting Wednesday, but this can't be helped. The Ark of Grace Ministries, uh, who did a live broadcast with her, as she said that. Uh, She's she's not actually fighting uh, the judicial system or or the prosecution. No, she's fighting the devil. There's God's plan, and then there's the demonic plan. Oh wait, no, she wouldn't she wouldn't let her accent slip that way. There's God's plan, and then there's the demonic plan. Uh, we need to fight these people that are obviously coordinated and are trying to have a crusade of election interference. I swear to God, any other lawyer but one of his said that, the bar would be on them like a duck on a June bug. 87,000 people tuned in to that bilious horse shit. She said, we have cases lined up intentionally during election time, intentionally trying to get negative attention. Their demonic plan is so obvious. Oh, it's only election plan at a time for your, for your boss, Han, because he chose to run because running is the only way he can hopefully run away from his crimes. Uh, the devil, of course, is represented by Fonnie Willis and Jack Smith, the entire Department of Justice, the New York District Attorney's Office, the Colorado Supreme Court, the Secretary of State of Maine, and anybody working for them. The more demonic the more Trump derangement syndrome there is in this world, the more support there is for the Trump family. I definitely get the strength and grace from God to keep fighting, even when I'm tired, even when I've finished 11 weeks of trial on Letitia James. Er. Yeah. Counsel for the parking garage thinks she's engaged in a trial of the Attorney General of New York. She compared uh, her boyfriend, I mean client, to, no, I'm not kidding, King David of ancient Israel. And she said, in both cases, the, the king of darkness was at work. 
and she, that's not even original because she lifted that from Ben Carson, former uh, HHS secretary. No, um, housing, HUD, HUD, yeah. And, of course, he's got a he's got a painting in his house of him walking hand-in-hand hand with his best pal, Jesus. Oh, my aching back. I know, Steve. I saw it, and I thought the very same thing. The devil? I thought Hillary Clinton was the devil. Well, there can be multiple devils. Or the devil can take multiple forms. And meanwhile, uh, the grace in Ark of Grace is a uh, religious grifter who calls herself a prophet. Yeah. And uh, she's been known to show up and grift along alongside some cue balls, you know, as Malloy calls them, some cucumbers. And she took to praying and said, Shift the courts, Father. Blow through the courts and dismantle arguments in lofty places and in high places of wickedness. I don't think Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life would recognize her as even remotely interested And his great big bearded juvenile delinquent Sky Daddy. I don't know, maybe Prophet Grace wants a spanking from Trump too. I know. There went there went dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Hi, George. Baby at large. Going back to this case out of Elyria, Ohio. Come on, Robin, says George. They were investigating a burglar, and the baby matched the description of the perp. We got him. Yeah, he's the one with the, he's the, one with the ventilator, uh, ventilator tube down his throat. That's probably a clever ruse. I wonder what he did with the stolen goods. No such luck, Ralphs. For some reason, I thought Ben Carson passed away to hell. Alina's fighting the devil, says Ralphs. Yes, she is. And Steve adds, Alina, Habana, Habana, Habana. Uh, just don't tell those evangelicals that Haba is a papist. A mackerel snapper? Oh, no, 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 Steve, she's not. She's like Syrian Orthodox. And her parents immigrated from the Iraq, such as, about 20 years ago. But I don't think the folks there at Ark of Grace Ministries 
uh, hold a lot of truck for your Syrian Orthodoxes either. Do they believe in the King James Bible? Idolaters, Mary worshippers. Right. Oh, we have so much stupid shit to get into this evening. Emilio says, Havana, Havana, Havana is a lawyer. She's not even qualified to proselytize door to door. Has she already made objections in court to Jesus instead of a judge? Careful what you whisper into the ear of the universe. The goddess of irony is always listening, Emilio. So we are down to 1335. We got $135 to go to finish off last Friday's fundraising and get a running start at this one if we could have a little flurry this Thursday uh, it would be wonderful maybe even get started on this list this past Monday devoutly to be wished as to that little little baby yeah they didn't intentionally harm the baby it was an accident everybody makes mistakes nobody po body is nerfing it Robin Emilio. And we're not even done with the first hour of the program, and I already want to shower with bleach. Oh, sure. Let's 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 go with uh, 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 my filthy morning. Uh, wait, what? Steve in New York says. Uh, Au contraire, au contraire, mon frere, she's a papist. Alina Haba, husband and family, five fast facts you need to know. Oh, she must have converted. I bet it, bro I bet it broke her parents' heart. So she's beholden to the Pope at Rome, is she? Oh, God, these people are so... Mm. Thank you, Ralphs. We are now down to um, only $110 to go to finish off last Friday. Ralphs, you're wonderful. Thank you. But over at uh, shifting the conversation, over at my filthy morning habit, uh, Miko was... Pretty disgusted with Nimrata Haley. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. How Dana Bash interviewed Nimrata. And how Dana Bash just let her off the hook when she dodged the question about how she feels about her god emperor being a a judge to have sexually assaulted a woman. And I don't know anything about that, and I'm not a lawyer. And it went on for, I mean, it, 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 they, wrote, they raked her over the coals pretty damn good. Playing for second place, she won a job with Donald Trump because... She, again, will not go directly after Donald Trump. Watch this exchange between Nikki Haley and Dana Bash of CNN this week. We had this yesterday. 
you're the only woman in this race. How do you feel about your party's front runner being held liable for sexual abuse? I mean, first of all, I haven't paid attention to his, his cases, and I'm not a lawyer. All I know is that he's innocent until proven guilty, and when he's proven guilty and he's sitting in a courtroom, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You've got investigations on Trump and Biden. But a lot of and people, forgive me, but a lot of people uh, in the Republican Party blow it all off and say that it's all a witch hunt and which because is because I think says. some of the some of the cases have case been political. Particular? This one I haven't looked at, but look, if he's found guilty, then he'll he needs to pay the price. He needs to do what he's supposed to. Every one of these cases, they need to be heard out. He needs to defend himself. If he is found guilty, he's going to pay the price. If he's not found guilty, then we move forward. It's hard to watch, John. It's hard to watch. I can't. Oh, I the, just the, can't. I just the, that is so stop. Yeah, and no God. comment. I haven't been following it. I'm not a lawyer. You don't have to be a lawyer to understand what's happening here. And again, guys, we hear the equivalency. Well, there are investigations on Biden, too. Nikki Haley, of course, knows better that there's oh, no equivalency between what Joe Biden is being accused of, investigated for without evidence, and the myriad 91 felony charges against Donald Trump. He is in court where the judge said he raped a woman. And Nikki Haley says, I've not been following the case. It's a classic Marco Rubio move. I haven't been following. Like so you're not interested? The, yeah. I haven't <laughs> been following it. Personal you're, you're, to you you're, in you're, any way? You, you, you haven't been following the fact that a woman uh, is, has been raped according to a judge and a jury has found him guilt uh, liable for sexual uh, assault found him liable for defaming the woman the I like it when Joe uh, when Jehoshaphat remembers he's a lawyer and tries to do a little bit of a service because see Nimrata sat there blithering about how well, if he's found guilty, he's been found liable. That's why he had to pay $5 million, or has to pay, and will soon have to pay another 10 or 15 or 20 or, you know, however, however many zeros the uh, jury foreman at the behest of the rest of the jury decides to write. I hope the jury foreman is like you know, working with some of those little little handheld dumbbells, you know, build that wrist strength. Nice and strong. Yeah, good, 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 good. Start writing. But that's actually it's actually beneficial when Jehoshaphat Thank you, Todd. When Jehoshaphat sort of obliquely makes clear the difference between being found guilty in a criminal trial and being found liable in a civil one. The judge said Donald Trump raped, and then after that defamation verdict came down, he continued to defame the woman. The judge said he raped, and even in court and on Truth Social, he continues to defame the woman the judge says he raped. And Nikki Haley says, Anand, she can't comment on it because she hasn't really followed the case. 
and she's not a lawyer. But hold on. She wasn't up to speed on the uh, politi- socio-political dynamics of Bonomo, but she sure did opine broadly when asked about that imaginary island nation somewhere off the coast of Vietnam. I mean, off the coast of Vietnam should have been a little bit of a clue. Uh, Boris and Ivan, uh, there at the the Moscow 98.8 morning zoo crew, the vulgar boatman, must have been, you know, they must have been looking at each other in wide-eyed wonder. We are getting away with this. This is like, this is this is this is like taking borscht from baby. <laughs> but but she can't opine about something that has captured the imagination of an entire nation, you know. Except for her, maybe she's still working on the Bonomo stuff. This is somebody who wants to be president of the United States. Sounds like this is somebody who wants to be vice president of the United States. Exactly. Yeah, but I, in a way, I think she understands the reality of this situation, uh, which is... Anand Giridharadas, this morning's panel uh, IQ went up by a couple of hundred points just by his pr- presence there. I always enjoy uh, the, I always enjoy it when he's there. Probably the most progressive voice that they ever allow onto their panel. Is that in my mind, Iowa, New Hampshire, all these primaries we're going to go through are distractions and sideshows because one person on the right has a movement and actually has a, a cult of a movement and has behind him a giant media information radicalization funnel that continues to turn more and more people, convert more and more people into deluded zealots for his Trumpist vision. And nobody on the right has attempted to build anything similar, has cut into that. Nobody on the right who's run against him has had the courage to actually fully call him out for what he's doing to this country. There's little bits here and there, some more than others. And frankly, nobody on the left is adequately thinking about how to build a movement that is as powerful, forceful, emotive. He's right. As what he's built. And so all of these things, in my, from my point of view, uh, the diners and all the, all the things that we all used to cover as the kind of trappings of this process, I think we're living in a new century and a new country when it comes to this political moment. And we have to adjust to the new reality of living in a mass, a kind of anti-democratic, mass movement with a mass movement leader who wants to be a self-professed dictator it is new territory it's new territory and it must be said Donald trump is the most dominant political figure we've seen in a long time in this nation's history and he does have movement behind it. it's a movement that has a ceiling at some point but he has a movement and there's no one in the republican party who's been able to take that from him and i think what we just saw joe mika there from from nikki haley this is a lot of republicans have yeah. have said to me in recent days that they wonder where the fire is that they do wonder if she's trying to play for the vp slot and she is you know yeah. the, the trump 
Trump team knocks it down every so often, but she's on that short list of people that they've talked about. They do anticipate Trump will pick a, a woman, Kirstie Noem, Carrie Lake, or some of the others in the mix, at least Stefanik. Um, th th they wonder why, you know, her, obviously her situation with her father is one thing, but they wonder why her schedule yeah. isn't stronger. They wonder why she's not uh, <clears throat> taking questions. They wonder why she's not going after Trump. And we just got a pair of polls yesterday that show her 10 plus points down in New Hampshire. And if that happens, if she loses New Hampshire, I would argue if she loses New Hampshire at all, but certainly if she loses New Hampshire by double digits, it is game over. It's over. Like I, mm -hmm. we, I, Nikki Haley, yes, the third contest is South Carolina. That's her home state. She's down about 30 or 40 points to Donald Trump in that state. The, the bar, the, the, she is going to lose her home state in embarrassing fashion. The question, frankly, becomes yeah. if she loses New Hampshire by 10 points, does she drop out ahead of South Carolina yep. to save herself yes, the embarrassment does. of being crushed in her home state? Yep. So if she wants to win the race, it has to be everything. Chips to the center of the table, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. She's not doing it. And if she doesn't, the race is over. Well, it, it's just like it's just like the southern border deal. If you've got the best southern border deal in history for 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 Republicans and you've got a House Republican leadership, that's opposing that bill and that doesn't make sense. I always tell my kid if something my kids, if something doesn't make sense, there's a reason it doesn't make sense. And so if Nikki Haley isn't doing what every other candidate in history would do, and that is just just like what Jen said, you want to get momentum in New Hampshire, what you do is you thank people in Iowa, you get to a plane, you fly to New Hampshire, and you're standing on the, on the on a flatbed and freezing cold talking to a group of people. And when when the morning comes and the sun's rising, you're shaking people's hands as they're, they're going uh, into work, you're going into diners, you're sitting there, you're talking to them, you're all over the place. You're and loving you it. Answer every question. Nikki Haley, of course, and again, if you're just tuning in, we understand and we salute her for being with her father in the hospital. That's that's a that's an important thing to do. Apart from that, she's doing nothing. Though it suggests she actually wants to win New Hampshire, not answering people's questions at town hall meetings, not doing any of that. And so she's again, she's. She's playing for second place. And I will say, along with what Anand's saying and what Jonathan Lemire is saying, Donald Trump does have a movement, right? But that movement, in the end, has all the success in general elections of the New York Jets. So you could say the New York Ow. Jets have a movement too, right? Because look at all the people that come to New York Jets games, despite the fact they always lose in the end and always let people down in the end. You know, Willie, they'll, at the beginning of the season, they're strong starters. Talk to the Bears fans, Joe. Rogers and they'll have lights on him and he'll be running out of, of the locker room and he'll be carrying an American flag high in the Meadowlands and the lights will be on him and fireworks will be going off. He'll plant that flag on the 50-yard line, the Jets, the stadium's going crazy, just like extreme MAGA supporters are right now. And then, Willie, what happens? Four blades. Oh, not the sad trombone.
you know, I mean, they gooned on Nimrata Haley pretty hard, and they gooned on Trump by extension, but, Jesus, I think the big loser in this entire exchange is Aaron Rodgers. What a schmuck. The Jets do Jets things. Just like in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Republicans have lost. Mm -hmm. It's, Anand is right. I know what he's thinking. He's thinking Joe is way too cocky comparing this move. Yeah, like I said, it was kind of fun this morning. Uh, the use of the word movement. I knew there would be trouble. I knew there would be I knew there would be trouble inside this little family community congregation the minute that word came up or out. Uh, Matt in San Francisco, Trump movement, those two words should not be allowed to be used together. It upsets my stomach. It paints a picture that hurts my eyes. I know, Matt. And suddenly uh, my my mind casts over to all those stories about his miasma. His fog. Oh. So, but it's just, just as much as they, the whole panel hammered on Nimrata. They left it to Mika to really finish the job. Republicans from the New York Jets. Well, I'm going to take it back to Nikki Haley not answering questions, and I think one of the reasons is because she doesn't have a truthful, correct answer. And that answer with Dana Bash was really, it, as a woman, that hurt to watch. That hurt. That is an insult to every woman in America that she could not stand up to that question and answer it with the truth. We're talking about a man, and yes, I'm going to use the word, okay? We're talking about a man who bragged on tape, not knowing he was being taped, uh, I think it was the uh, Access Hollywood tapes, about grabbing women by their vaginas. I'm, I'm not kidding. You know, you see the tape, he bragged about it. This is a man who had sex with a porn star and paid her off. And there's litigation over that and whether campaign finance money was used. This is not a good man when it comes to women. This is a misogynist. This is a sexist. This is a Go man girl. who makes fun of women's looks, who makes it kind of a sport to go after women and bring them down on social media. He's a vile, sexist caddy. And Nikki Haley not just let herself down there, but many others. And I think it, it, I think it seeps through when she only kicks sideways and she doesn't kick forward against what is wrong. I was longing to ask the follow-up um, in that interview, yeah. which is, yeah, he has been found guilty, so now what's your response? Because we've already had that trial, right? And a jury right. of Eugene Carroll's peers found Donald Trump guilty of sexual abuse, which a judge called rape. So, um, and, she, and she still dodges it. I mean, that Oh, Matt, I just thought of, I was thinking the same thing. Matt in San Francisco said, I'm clearing counter space for that toaster. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to have the long, for, you know, the, the, it's going to have the long slice spaces 
so that you can put the whole slice of sourdough in without having to cut it in two. It's going to be bagel wide. There's going to be a lot of counter space for that. Because remember, uh, Matt Matt gets a really bougie toaster when Mika finally crosses the crosses the line and just calls him the calls him a motherfucker. The other thing that I think we've shown this morning, to your point about Donald Trump and women, is that awful picture merging Nikki Haley and um, and Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton. I mean, it's just. It's sort of grotesque. First of all, because they're the only two women he can think of in politics, and so all women are the same. I mean, it's, which is absurd because Nikki Haley and Hillary Clinton are such different people. But somehow, well, they're all women, so they must all be terrible. And then the picture itself is just demeaning, and 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 then and then calling her by a misspelling of her Indian name, playing to the. You know, to the lowest common denominator of both misogyny and racism. I mean, that's really what happened in the course of the last 24 hours. Uh, hold on there, Caddy K. Is it really misogynistic and racist to call her by her name? Nimrada. Not Nimrod. He's already called her Nimrod. Nimrata is her name. Nikki is her Nikki name. I don't know why this is so hard to grasp. Yeah, Barack Obama's middle name is Hussein. It drove the it, it, it drove the teabaggers bananas. He's a Muslim. And remember, it wasn't some liberal. It wasn't some wasp who suggested that uh, her embrace of Christianity was something less than sincere and well, downright opportunistic. That was Weewek Ramaswamy, who uh, said he is faithful to his Hindu roots. And when he said, God bless America, the other night, I still want to know which God. I'm rooting for Ganesh myself. Seems like a fairly sweet, benign deity. Uh, hoping it's not, you know, Kali. Kali Ma! Kalima! No. Please no. That's kind of like saying, may Cthulhu bless you. You do not want the blessings of Cthulhu. Do you have a moment for me to tell you about the dark and horrifying terrors of my Lord and Savior Cthulhu? But I'm not so certain that it's racist or sexist to use her name. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Remember that? That was before Barack Hussein Obama. And had she not married Mr. Haley, she would still be, even if she went by Nikki, she would still be Nikki Rondawa. 
And there ain't nothing in the world wrong with being Nikki Randawa. Or Nimrata Randawa. Anand Giridharadas was on the panel, and he's not calling himself Andy Giridharadas. She's ashamed of her heritage. She's run away from it. Her parents signed papers, I don't fully understand the process, declaring that they were white. And she runs away from her brownness. She's trying to pass for Anglo. She's trying to pass for white. She's trying to pass for Christian. And, and, and it's, it's, I'm embarrassed for her. She comes from a culture that invented the idea of culture. She comes from a culture that was, that, that, that was creating myth and, and inventing religion. Making exquisite, exquisite textiles, engaging in engineering, and making some really damn delicious food. I have got to remember the next time I go to Beckley, I've got to stop at the little international market, and I've got to get some paratha. I haven't had paratha in so long. If I'm gonna, if I'm, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna trash my blood sugar with carbs, it should at least be tasty carbs. Oh, I love Paratha. Mm. And they sell those little uh, ready-to-eat pouches of various Indian dishes, and it's like, I'll load up on those, too. You knew it had to come back to food, Right. But the thing is, she comes from a culture that was doing all of that when my white ancestors were still fighting fighting with the buzzards for what the wolves didn't want. That's just a fact. The Buddha had come and gone. 500 years before Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life, ever said the first word. And if you ever want to see some, if you ever wonder about the potential Buddhist influence on Yeshua, um, reading the Gospel of St. Thomas, the Gnostic Gospel, the Gospel that didn't somehow make it in alongside Matthew, Mark, and Luke, even though Thomas is probably as old or older than either of those three of the Synoptic Gospels. Hoo-wee! <laughs> that gets real Buddhist real fast. I mean, almost Zen-like. It's all red letters. And it reads like a bunch of quans. But she is clearly ashamed of her heritage. 
And that's just sad. And as Flavio says, she's a weather vane, which kind of denotes hypocrite. And she is, to use a complicated uh, 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 cognitive science term, a dipshit. The woman is dumb. And, and that's not misogyny. And it's not racism. She's servile. She is... fawning, disingenuous, and yeah, a liar. She was lying, you see, when she said to Dana Bash, well, I really don't follow it, and I'm not a lawyer. Well, no, she's not a lawyer, but of course she's following it. But she does have the quintessential politician's Fierce craving for power and influence. And I can't help thinking that she thinks, I'm going to be America's first woman president. God, Mrs. Haley, if you are, this country is... So fucked. It, because, of course, she would gladly sign off on a national abortion ban. She's already blathered on and on about, there are only two genders. Boys can't be girls and girls can't be boys. What about the potties? Oh, dear. Yes. No, we're not done with the clip. In respect to women, and she, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't, she just sort of gives him cover by saying, oh, well, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know if he's been found guilty, then that would be different. He has been found guilty. I mean, he has. A court found him guilty. Yeah, Donald Trump turning to her Indian name, that's the old Barack Hussein Obama trick, reminding his supporters, remember... She's not one of us. It's almost Anand, like I write the show. You've got a new piece on Substack titled, The Real Battleground of 2024 is Emotion. In it, Anand writes, quote, One of the strange dynamics of the Trump era is that as the right has become more and more a movement of passion more than reason, of emotional appeal more than policy solutions, the political left has, as if to be symmetrical, drifted the other way. Today's electoral left is highly cerebral, is suspicious of the politics of passion. It doesn't do emotional appeals. It doesn't have much of a role 
for music, for the body, for in-person communing in public spaces, for catchy slogans, for arresting visuals. If this were an age defined by big pop... Oh, Anna, let's uh, t tune in for a couple of days. There's a lot of passion here. A lot of passion and a lot of good fun. Love music. But yeah. Uh, by the way, Todd said, thank you for amplifying Anand Giridardas from Jehoshaphat this morning. It seemed like the panel was seriously impressed with his observations, as we were. He's impressive every time he shows up. Um, a movement, Stephen New York said, going back to what Anand Giridardas was talking about. I don't have a movement. However, I did have one earlier today after ample consumption of walnuts. Steve, TMI, honey. And we have a new word, and it is cowbell worthy. Coined uh, a new a new term coined by uh, Steve. Uh, things like yesterday. Well, I'm not a lawyer, and I haven't been following the case. That is another. Mrs. Haley, but no moment, but no moment, B-O-N-O-M-O-N-M-E-N-T, but no moment. Oh, looks like, looks like she's having a but no moment. The password is but no moment. That's quality, Steve. I like that a lot. But I thought it, what what they said about her being dead her being dead in the water after New Hampshire because she's going to get her ass handed to her in her home state and that will be humiliating in the extreme. Well, monkey up! I mentioned this toward the end of the program yesterday, and I think it's it's it, it, monkey up was not running for second place. Monkey Up was trying to hold on and see if he could build the Big Mo to get him into position should Nitwit Nero falter. Well, he hasn't faltered. And so Monkey Up has problems at home. A lot of problems at home. Florida is swirling down the toilet. Homeowner's insurance is a real, but just trying to get it is a real blast. Like a blast of hurricane force winds. The education system's falling apart. And he's politically done. He can't be reelected governor. He was in Congress for a little while, but he quit that because he wanted more power, and he thought being governor of Florida was the way. Because, like Mrs. Haley, he feels all presidential. It must be terrible to get a case of the presidential timbers. 
for a while there, there was talk of him running for Senate. No. And so he's completely out of New Hampshire now. He's trying to put away Mrs. Haley by coming in second in her home state. And remember, out in Iowa, uh, they, the, the two of them spent tens of million dollars, millions of dollars attacking each other without ever saying a discouraging word about Orange Julius Geezer. It must be terribly embarrassing. to be either one of those pathetic lickspittles. Uh, Steve says, let's be honest here. Trump's health. Even if he were in the, in the state Captain Pike was in in the first couple of episodes of Star Trek, they'd wheel him out and the maggots would vote for him. Yes, you're right. I beep red for no and green for yes and yellow for I don't know, Captain Trump. Actually, no, Captain Pike only had, all right, Star Trek Research Department, Captain Pike only had one light and it was white, right? Yeah. Dear God. But it's true. I, look, if if they brought if he came out on stage and was so far gone that you could smell him in the back row of the balcony, the maggots would still be adoring, still be cheering, and and at that point in time, they would cheer his wet farts. Oh dear. Central Central Time Zone gets is in the barrel now. But again, let's be honest here. This is just truth ten, uh, truth telling. Uh, let's run over to the stress line and see who's uh, see who we've got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. So I was, you know, it was so you were talking about how if you call Nimrata by her name, it's not racist. It's not racist. But what if you call her Nigrata? Now that's racist. That would be, and I know you're not doing that. No, but that would be racist. Yes, it would be. Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to. I'm never going to do that. Please don't. No, that would. If, if you call me that, now that would definitely be, you know, a racist as fuck. Not just racist, but racist as fuck. Well, you know, there's another word. Well, there, there, there's a, well, hold on. There's another word for racist as fuck, Tracy. Trumpian. What Republican? Trumpian. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 
Mm-hmm. That does it. Trumpian. Because, mm-hmm. girl, you know he's already done that in private. Oh, girl, you know he has. You know he has. Uh, um, you know, because the, the most he could get away with is, is Nimrata, right? So, um, this is just, it's, it's, <sighs> so when you were talking about, speaking of Nimrata, you were talking about her parents and, and I, ha- I'm trying to, I gotta find this, the tweet because I still refuse. What's the, when it's on X, do you now call it an Xer or a Twitter? Uh, okay, never mind. But, so Michael Harriet. No, we'll go over this um, again just real quick. Cause I, okay. And uh, at least this is how I view it. In Mesoamerican language, the letter X is voiced as the diphthong SH. So, Right. So uh, this is a website now called Sh. Or if you merge, Shit? if you if you merge that with the former name of the platform, it is now Shitter. And so one goes Shitter. to one okay. one goes to Shitter, and shits. And shits. Okay. But you were saying Michael okay. Harriet. So Michael Harriet to, to your to your about on them. Nimrod and Haley's um, parents and how so he had this long thread the other day and I thought I sent it to you but I guess it didn't something didn't go right but he breaks it down because of the Immigration Act and how uh, back in the 60s or whenever her family came over here they only let a certain amount of people in that were white or what have you of course and so he her parents her father Sued to order to be considered, so and said that I am I am Caucasian, I am not black. So it, it, you know, he's still not white, homie. But he sued in order to immigrate to the United States that he was actually white and not you know considered black. I, I, I know I'm kind of messing it up, but that's the gist of it. And I am going to go through every single one of Michael Harriet's tweets so I can find it. But it was just. He broke, you know, about how racist this country is and the, the quotas and all that. But how he was able to sue, her father was able to sue his way into this country. Into whiteness. Into whiteness, yes. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I think the way it worked out is that act only allowed a limited number of non-white people into this country. Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. like I and said. so, and so, and so, Daddy, and da- so, Daddy Randawa sued to say, "I want to be white." Right. And then, of all places, settled in South Carolina. Right, and taught at an HBCU. By the by, missed that part. I'll be dipped. Oh, you didn't know that, baby boy. I'm sorry, baby girl. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He, I mean, you know. Speaking, speaking of HBCUs, though, did you see this horrifying story yeah. out of Lincoln University in Missouri? No. Oh, this is so horrifying. I mean, 
really, really horrifying. Uh, let me uh, let me dredge this up because I've been meaning to get to it, and uh, this is a perfect opportunity. I mean, th- th- this was just horrible. Um, While you're looking for that, listen, so Michael Harriet, an excerpt from Nikki Haley's memoir about how she, she apparently lived in a country that wasn't racist. Word quickly spun around that my father worked at a black school, and besides that, he and my mom were obviously foreigners themselves. When they finally found a house, they had to buy it, not rent it, and they were told that there were conditions. They couldn't entertain black people in it. They couldn't have alcohol in it, and they had to sell it back to the man they bought it from. It was located in a nearby town of Bamberg, population 2,500. But this country's not racist. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. So uh, Lincoln University in Missouri is an HBCU. I actually, when I started Mm -hmm. college out in Missouri, uh, one of my early roommates was the son of a professor there. And so they had a uh, vice president of student affairs. Her name, Dr. Antoinette Bonnie Candia Bailey. And on January the 8th, on January the 8th, she committed suicide. Oh, no. And she made plain that she was ending it because of bullying and severe mistreatment in her job by the president of Lincoln University. A white man. But I don't see Bill Ackman out there screaming for the head of the white man who was pre- who was president of Lincoln University. You know, Bill Ackman, who uh, would not rest until uh, he had driven uh, President Gay from office in Harvard. But no, but yeah. It, if he could drive her, <laughs> if he could drive her to suicide, uh, he and the president of Lincoln University could sit down and have cocktails and congratulate each other. Right. This is this is. I, I'm exhausted. I just I just I cannot and will. I just. Ooh. And you, like you, and the fact that I didn't even hear about it. See, we've been hearing about Dr. Claudine Gay until, you know, our ears are ringing, right? But now that she's, now that the races got ripped, did their job, and actually somebody tweeted or shit it or whatever, shit it, <laughs> scalped when she resigned. This is not going to end. The racists are getting more and more emboldened. And the the bullying and just everything, everything that is just, I'm just, I'm tired. 
I told you earlier today, I told you about one of my moms. My mom lives in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And one of her, the members of her church had an Israeli flag um, in her, hanging from, you know, in her yard or whatever. Somebody shot the flag and it's the bullet went through her house. Another person that she, I don't, like I said, I don't know if she heard about this person or she knew her, um, but she had a gay pride flag, you know, in front of her house. And her neighbor, who is gay, told her to take that flag down because it could become, it could cause you a problem. She was murdered in her home. Now, I don't know if that was because of the flag, but that's the reason that it was. And I, I think back to, you know, twenty because I didn't know you in 2008, but I think back in the 2012 election or, become, or leading up to it, how you talked about how you could not have an Obama-Biden yard lawn sign or bumper sticker or anything like that, you know, or, on your car or in front of your house because it, it would make you a target. And that's what, and, and that was in the before time, sis. You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I just, Oh, okay. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that the rabbit hole of what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? But uh, it's that it really is. It it, it it just really really is sad that we have come to this point in this country that. People like you, people like me, we literally have to worry about our lives, and you more so than me. I mean, and people, and let me back up. People think just because I live in California that I'm safe. No, y'all don't. Y'all don't, have, y'all don't have an, y'all don't have an, uh, a, a sundown law for for assholes. No. No. And and, and that's the thing. It's like. <laughs> I don't know, but it's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to find that fucking tweet, man, because he had, I mean, and the way he broke it down was so, it was so beautifully done because, you know, like that, the immigration and how her father, like I said, sued to be white and all this. So if this country is not racist, Nikki, Nimrata, how come your daddy had to do that? How come your daddy had to sue to be considered white in order to come to this country? But see, that's the, 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 the Tracy. That's the conundrum in which she finds herself. She's a she's a she's a Republican and 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 a maggot, and she has to constantly. Uh, give 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 head pats and ear scratches to the dainty and delicate and fragile and friable the the, the aggrieved white people of MAGA world 
who are quite certain that they are the real victims in this. Oh, and did you know she actually went to a segregation academy, too? Really? <laughs> With all the other white kids? With all the other white kids. Well, I mean, she, as, as Irish Dave reminds me, she is a real piece of work. Um, she published in 2012 an autobiography, Can't is Not an Option, My American Story. And, 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 and in her own words, I mean, she published this. She explained. Right. She explained that she changed her husband's name. Say what? You know, the white guy she married. Why would she have to change his name? Is his last name Haley? That's, was it too close to Alex Haley? What? No, it's still Haley, his first name. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, you know, oddly enough, it's odd that, no, it's not at all odd that you went there because I thought of Alex Haley, too. <laughs> that's a little too rootsy for me. That's, that's, that's a little too negrous for me. Okay, I'm going to send you through this. I, did, I haven't um, read it yet. But Michael Harriet, I guess she, Nikki Haley did. I had a black friend. So Nikki Haley says she knew a lot about slavery because she had black friends growing up. What would those fictional Negro comrades say about Haley if they actually existed? And so Michael if Harry they actually existed. An exclusive interview with Nikki Haley's black friend. So I'm going to go ahead and send you that article right oh, now. please do. So you can go. <laughs> you know I love Michael Harriet. Oh, Lord. So, 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 I, but I got so I got to read you the excerpt from from her book. You may be wondering how Bill became South Carolina first gentleman Michael Haley. After we started dating, I looked at him one day and said, "What's your name?" Kunta Kinte. No, 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 no. Kobe. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> What's your name? You know it's Bill. <laughs> you know it's Bill, he said, puzzled. <sighs> well, you just don't look like a Bill. What's your whole name? No, no. She didn't. She didn't. She dude. It's a but no moment, Steve. Oh, no moment. Uh, you just don't. Ah. You just don't look like a Bill. What's your whole name? William Michael. Oh. From that point on, I started calling him Michael, and all my friends did the same. When he transferred to Clemson his sophomore year, my friends became his friends, and before we knew it, he was universally known as Michael. Everyone who knew him before I did knows him as Bill, and everyone who met him after I did knows him as Michael. 
He looks like a Michael. But she don't want anybody calling her Nimrata now, do she? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. Todd just texted me. And I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I'm, these are Todd's words. Okay. Not mine. Okay. You you are you are Remember not paraphrasing. That. You are quoting the sage I am of quoting. South Carolina. The sage of South Carolina. Nikki said she once had some black people over for dinner, but then again, she is a cannibal. Oh. You he, he you peopled us this. He you Wait a minute. Us. Hey, you peopled us? <laughs> Todd. How did he you well, people us? I think he us? meant it in a good way because I, he's like, I think it was one of those you people, like, you people, like, in a, in a head shake, like, y'all ain't right, y'all ain't right, y'all ain't right. And I, I, I will, you know what, though? I will own that shit, bitch. I will own it and, <laughs> and love it and, and hug it up. <laughs> Look. I will hug it I, and squeeze it. Like I said, when are you going to get me a rabbit, I get George? It and it and... <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, but, but apparently, she, oh. apparently she is all messed up in the head and needs some serious therapy time. To get over her internalized endophobia. Look, look. White supremacy, supremacy, supremacy is the. There's a book, and I think I have it on PDF. That is, it was written by um, this judge brother. He has a he has a master's in social work, and it was called White Body Supremacy. And how white supremacy is so pernicious and so a part of this country that it's not just black people who are the victims of it. It's white people, too, and people like Nikki Haley, whose father fucking sued to come to, he wanted to come to this country, but knew he could not come to this country as a Southeast Asian. So what does he do? I'm like, and see, because of who, my, how my brain works is, so, you know, I'm, I'm not the, you know, I'm not Robin Queen of Words and shit like that, or is it stuff like that? No, it's shit like that. And stuff like that there, what, and shit like that. So it takes me a lot of time, a lot, a lot longer to form, to find the words or what have you. But, I think about these things, and then I think about the conversation that her parents had before they came to this country, or any or anybody who perceives the fact that as long as they're not black, they're better than anybody else. They're better. I mean, I'm sorry. As long as they're not black, they're okay. And I can I can almost hear the banter back and forth of the words that were used in reference to the, you know, black Americans, because as evidenced by how, when 
certain immigrants come to this country. And then they come, not only do they come to this country, they come to this country and it's fucking great. They have businesses, they own homes, they, you know, and, but the, the black people who are here, when we try to go in and get the same loans and stuff like that, we can't, we don't get the same treatment because racism. But the worst part is when we go into these businesses, especially these businesses that are owned by immigrants who are having businesses in my community and the way we are treated. I don't go to swap meets. I don't go, I don't go to any place and go shopping where you don't treat me like you should treat me as a consumer, as a customer and treat me with the respect and dignity. When people, like I, I had to go off on this little girl the other day who tried to get mouthy with me about something and I said, you know what? Can you treat me like you would treat me if I was a white woman? Because that's my response now, sis. I said, let's start, because uh, I'm like, let's start this interaction over again and treat me like I'm a, I'm a white woman. And I want you to, and, and when I say that, then I want you to go back and think about how you just, how you were talking to me and how you were treating me. Would you say and do the same things to a white woman? And and then don't respond because anything that you say, is kind of like the whole Nikki Haley, you know, when she was asked about slavery. And they try to act as though they don't, you don't hear, they don't hear you. They, you know, you're overblowing it. And I'm, I'm tired of motherfuckers saying, you're blowing shit. Oh, you people are so emotional. Why are you so sensitive? Can't you take a joke? Well, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if you were listening from Jump, but uh, early on we had the story. No, of, I well, I signed on just right before you you picked up the phone. Uh, lawyer Lawyer Sadal, uh, Nitwit Nero's uh, petty pogger down in Hotlanta, uh, decided he was gonna uh, he was gonna get sideways with Fonnie Willis. And sent us oh, and sent a series of shitty. That does not bode well. No, sent a shit city a, a, a series of shitty emails, and eventually copied every lawyer on both sides in the case on it. And when when her executive DA wrote back and said, "Well, as an American as an African American woman, and as a woman, we're kind of used to being treated like this." He wrote back and said, that was haughty. And said uh, Fonnie Willis was right, haughty. Right, he, right. Haughty as an H-A-U-G-A. Yes, in, in fact, it was, it, was the, it was the noun form, haughtiness, H-A-U-G-H-T-I-N-E-S-S. And I said, back at the beginning of the program, that... That was. Did they, did they say sass? No, they that, didn't say sass. So, but, but you know, you was, used uh, sass would fit. But the first word, of course, that came to my mind uh, that he would have written maybe fifty years ago was uppity. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you feel the need to be so uppity. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, just taking a peep into all of this.
note coming from Steve in Georgia, Stan. The orange stains base, the IFB and Nimrata's conundrum. Nimrata's conundrum. Please allow me to expand on that. The Iowa caucus is made up of peepaws who are indoctrinated by the independent fundamentalist Baptist philosophy. The IFB philosophy embraces a strict version of either Arminianism or Calvinism. That's a huge portion of Julius Geezer's base. They're guided by a doctrine based on the King James Bible that men rule and women serve. Cringe. When cornered by Dana Bash, Nimrata, knowing she needed this twisted base for any remote chance of even placing in this horse race, she had to frame her answer accordingly. Sad. And that probably applies to New Hampshire, too, because the original uh, slavery screw-up was was in uh, New Hampshire. Are we are are we getting a a, a, a blizzard or something? Uh, but uh, Steve says. I'm Stay sorry. Tuned. I was picking up my my order at I was picking up my order at Starbucks right when they were blending stuff. Oh, I, well, I heard that. Hey, yeah, yeah. Today is. I thought it might have been dairy. Today is three hours I thought I thought it may have it might have been DQ and you were getting a blizzard. <laughs> oh, we don't have that. There's like. We had a bunch of Dairy Queens at one point. There are no Dairy Queens out here anymore. Well, someday, if you're lucky and you're all very good out there, you'll get a Culver's, and then you can get their concrete mixers. And, girl, oh. Ooh. You said the Culver's, the hamburger place? Uh-huh. Yeah. They make their own homemade frozen custard every day. Oh, it's not. And my favorite, and, yeah. And when I get near one, my favorite thing is to get an Elvis. I get, I get their, cho- I get their chocolate, peanut butter? chocolate frozen custard with peanut butter and bananas, and hot fudge. Well, I told you, girl. I told you about the um, Handles ice cream, mm. and they have an Elvis ice cream, sis. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ice cream all right. Too. Okay. We're, we've gone there. This is an obscenity. I want to be. I want to be. I want to make sure that I'm, this is an obscenity. I was in Wally World the other day. Now, can can I okay. get you know can can I get bougie things that I really really love? You know, difficult to find spices and the no. Did it take me a month and a half to find pineapple preserves in any store around here? Yes. Wait, you don't have pineapple apricot preserves like I sent you? No, I was just looking for plain pineapple preserves because I'm making Jezebel, which right. is so good. Uh, oh. Um, you were just trying to get plain pineapple preserves. Right. They don't have pineapple preserves. Do you need me to send you some? No, no, no. I eventually, it took me a month and a half, but I eventually found them, <laughs> and I'm well set, and I'm going to make a huge batch of, uh, batch of uh, Jezebel and just give it to my friends. Because you yeah, want because to... you told me about that, I'm going to have to make that. Mm, yes, yeah, I, on a oh, on a on a on a roasted pork chop. Whew, goodness me. Oh. Or like, in uh, it, 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 to glaze like a pork loin with it and smoke it, Cynthia. Now that you have it, okay. Yeah, did you tell this? Because it's what it's um, 
pineapple preserves. It's it's an equal else? equal amount of pineapple preserves and apple jelly, and you melt it over and very low jelly. heat. Melted on very low heat on the stove, and then you add in mustard powder, horseradish, and red pepper flakes, and mm. stir it all together, and let it cool, and put it in jars, and on chicken or pork, but just as like a little party hors d'oeuvre on wheat thins or triscuits with cream cheese and a little dollop of the Jezebel on top. Heavenly. Heaven. Yeah, those are those are my two my two go to go to hors d'oeuvres for you know when you when you go to a bring you know bring a dish thing. I, I take I take Miss Rosalind's uh, Plains cheese ring and I take Jezebel. And you just see, pour the Jezebel a, over. See, the, the beautiful thing about you pour the Jezebel over cookies. the block love, of cream cheese and, and open the wheat thins, and people lose their minds. Oh. That was the cream cheese part, because I'm like, I know you don't, you know, cook with it, so it, so that's what you. Because I'm like, I knew there was something with cream cheese in this. In yeah, that but I mean, if well. you just if you just want to use it uh, on a chicken breast, or again. Todd and my favorites, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Just bake them, and then at the end, slather them with that Jezebel and run them back under the uh, under the heat for a minute. Maybe turn the broiler, the broiler on for a second. Yeah. You get magic. Mm-hmm. This is one of those beautiful things, see, about learning, knowing how to cook. And then not only knowing how to cook... But knowing how to, you know, you cook well enough to experiment with things and put things together that nobody would ever have thought about, but because you are who you are. Or even better, just when you go to a restaurant and you try a dish and you're like, hmm, and then you go home and recreate it. That shit. That no, that's something you thought this a mad skill. If you can go and make it, you know, and, and go to a restaurant like there's, I think I told you that I, I make cream spinach, right? Now there's this um, website. It's called I forget dinner dinner then dessert, right? And what she does is she, you know, she'll find the recipe, you know, go to a restaurant and then she recreates the recipe and. She did a, a recreation of the cream spinach from Morton Steakhouse. Oh. Yeah, I'm making that tomorrow for um, my brother's coming in tomorrow. And we're doing the uh, prime rib roast because my brother and, you know, there's only like three people in my family that Jan actually likes. And your brother's and one of them. And my brother is one of them. Right. And so, and we're gonna. Oh, that 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 cream spinach from Morton's of Chicago. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I have not eaten. I have not eaten at a I have not eaten at a Morton's since two thousand two. Well, you're doing better than me, sis. I never, my happy ass ain't never, never, ever, ever, ever. Not to say it's not gonna happen, but ain't never been to Morton's. Do do y'all have one out there? We shovel. There's like there's one out here in the valley. But you know, my my first dream to be like, mm mm, 
No, that's a that's 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 a that's a go that's a go when you got lottery money. Right, that's lottery money. You know, that's Oprah Winfrey money. Because or maybe, or you know, or, or maybe you know, maybe your next Vegas trip, if you if you play uh, right, because there is a three card stud or Morton's something in Vegas. Yeah, Mississippi three card poker. <laughs> yeah, that's where you go when you win that ten thousand dollar or above pot. You know, and so and it's like okay, baby, let's go. We go in the morning. And then you call your have your your um, your casino host call and make your reservation because at that point they want you to they, they want to keep you happy to keep you gambling. Mm-hmm. You know, but I I I, cause I love and it's so funny because you know we were honey I did not grow up eating steak. Now my father on my dad's side my grandfather was a butcher. And so they have prime rib and stuff like that. I did. I think I told you that story with my mother and my dad's house for the first time. I think she was like maybe 13, 14 years old. Okay. And so, and the only steak she had had was that smothered with gravy kind of steak, you know, pork tender steak. You know, you don't need no knife. Or maybe you use a butter knife, but for the most part, you cut that shit with a, with a fork. So not with a fork, but with a fork. So she goes to my father's house for dinner and they have the table set and, you know, the cutlery and all this and the napkins and they bring out a steak and the steak's nice. And she's looking at this like, what the hell is that? You know, never had a steak. I mean, could you imagine being 13 some odd years old and never having a steak? Well, a lot of people can't even imagine that, but in my world, I can't. And so... She's sitting down at dinner, not knowing what the hell to do, y'all, because she had never had a steak with a, you know. So she literally had to just kind of, you know, she played around with her soft food, and you know, I think they had, you know, knowing my grandparents, they had um, green peas, sweet peas rather, and probably like mashed potatoes or some kind of potato or something like that. So she literally had to sit there and wait and watch what my, my dad or my aunts or my grandparents or how they were going, how the fuck am I supposed to eat this big-ass chunk of meat? She figured it out, but, yeah. So, growing up eating, you know, big hunks of meat, steak and prime rib and stuff, like I said, even though my grandparents, they cooked that way and stuff, but I didn't spend that much, I didn't spend that much time with my dad's side of the family. Okay? My my life was all about my mom's side of the family. So, but when there's the holidays, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter, we would go to my grandparents' house for those things. You would go because, of course, they ate early. They were, you know, they did the four o'clock thing, and then after that, then we would go to the um, to the to the black people, the real black people. Because my my dad's parents were solidly middle class. These are the people that would go on vacation every summer and drive back. Because my grandparents, my dad, my dad was actually born in um, in the, uh, Springfield. Well, actually, all these years, I thought he was born in Jefferson City. So he was actually born in Springfield, Missouri. And so they would pack up the kids and go on road every summer. They would go on, you know, the, the sojourn back home and... Um, 
and they would go to like rest. It was just they had a entirely different life than my my mom's side of the family because, and that's a that's a it's a whole different conversation. My mother told me some things today that just that just really I I know a lot about our history. Like my mom's dad and. I think I told you he died by suicide. I was in the house. I was, I was three. I was in three. Or, I was probably three or four years old. My brother was two, and my aunt was home. My mom's second two, so she's the second oldest. But out my grandfather, he had shot himself. And when you talk about generational trauma which is something that we are just now understanding and figuring out, especially in the black community, because let's face it, folks, there were no trauma specialists when my, when my ancestors were, were, you know, released from enslavement. They had nobody to talk to. So you, you know, so there's never been a history of learning how to heal and learning what to do about trauma. You just, it just recycles over and over again. But my aunt, is the one who found my grandfather. And like I said, even though I don't remember, you know, consciously remember what happened, how could I, how could that have not have affected me in some shape, form, or fashion? Just from being in that environment. And so I try to give grace to people to a certain extent, I'm, and try to understand where they're coming from, and I don't know what they've gone through and stuff like that. But however, my grace giving is very limited at this point in my life because, like I said, because I know what my life has been like for the past 50-some-odd years, and it ain't been grand. But yet and still, with all the shit that I have gone through in my life, I have never thought about being an evil, heartless, vindictive, crass, whatever Republican. I have, like I said, I have, I know, and you know, and, and, and to Nikki Haley and what she's going through and being self-loathing, I know what that feels like because I wanted to be anything and everything other than black because I didn't see anything positive about being black growing up, but never. Ever in the all the self-loathing that I have gone through in my life, y'all, never have I fucking ever wanted to be a Republican. I have never hated myself and my blackness so much that I even considered becoming a Republican. So, you know, it's like, and I think I've talked about this like with Martin MLK when people try to give white people past for the way they treat black people and Jim Crow and, and their racism and well it's not their fault because they were lulled into this by um, you know racist white people woo the woo woo the fucking woo but what is that and again you know me and my paraphrasing and quoting I always fuck it up somehow simply. but one of the things that King you know talked about was yeah, yeah, all that, but when Jim, you know, when 
white people's stomachs were growling or they didn't get living wages or their kids were not getting fed or they didn't have, they said they ate on Jim Crow. They, Jim Crow, you know, kept them from starving. They fed on that shit. So they, they, they cannot, they are not blameless. They know what they're doing. They are comfortable in their hatred. They are comfortable in their bigotry. They are comfortable because everything that is, because it all comes back to, I can, I'm every, at least, I can do all this, but at least I'm not black. And this is the world we live in now. You know, and I, and I try to remind my, it's like, you know, these people, these black billionaires and millionaires who, and I'm not probably going to get sanctioned about, I'm going to talk about Oprah Winfrey. When Oprah, you know, everybody loves doing some Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, 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 Oprah. And so when her show, you know, when she said she was ending her show and they they were doing, you know, going behind the scenes of her staff and all the people who worked with her on the show, sis, do you know that the majority of her staff was black? I mean, I'm sorry, was white. Really? Now you also fucking Winfrey, right? Yes. Because and I'm sitting there and I'm watching all these happy, smiling white faces. And I'm like, bitch, you fucking Oprah Winfrey. Why are there so many white people? Again, you can hire whoever you want. But when you're fucking Oprah Winfrey, you don't have to worry about the white gays anymore, don't you think? But yet. I mean, yeah. I don't. Because <laughs> you're fucking Oprah Winfrey. But, and yet, sis, the majority of her staff What's right? When she opened that school, when she was still in Chicago, what did she open the school for black girls? South Africa. You are you trying to tell me that there was not a, a neighborhood in Chicago? Again, you can do what you want with your money. I'm not, you know, but I'm not saying that those girls did not need a school, but your base was in Chicago, sis. You can't tell me that you couldn't have opened up an academy for black girls in Chicago. You don't think there was a couple of black young girls in Chicago that might have, might have benefited from you helping a school there? Am I, am I being, am I wrong? Uh, no. no. Am I being, not. I mean, am, am I being, I'm, because let me tell you, because one of the things like, you know, I you know I don't know shit about sports and stuff like that, but Le- apparently LeBron James is the polar opposite because you know he given, he's built schools, he's built academies. All of his friends, he helped come up, right? So, and he gave back into his community and where he grew up. So to give somebody else another chance, these people who are these these and. And we both know that LeBron James can give zero. She, he has zero fucks to give about white people. Because, you know, remember they did that, you know, when Le, I don't know what he spoke out of there. But when they pulled that just shut up and dribble bullshit. Right. Oh, you know, because in other words, the only thing that black people can get when we do stuff for ourselves, 
or or do stuff for our communities, it's like, well, why are you doing that? And you know, oh, you just care about black people and woo woo. Or like when I when I was work my first political campaign when I was working on the Obama two thousand and eight um, um, election. I cannot tell you, sis, how many, this is during the primaries and stuff, how many people, white people, and even if you're black folks, why are you wasting your time? Oh, you only voted for this man because he's black. And, I, and my response was, and if I am, so what? Y'all white folks have been voting for white people just because they're white, regardless, for, for decades, for centuries. So why can't, why can't I? <laughs> why is it, should, there, should it be any different from people who look like me? I can't vote for who I want to vote for just because they're black? Mm. Of course, I'm not going to, of course, that's not the case. I'm not going to vote for somebody just because they're black, but uh, I'm going to do their re- my research and stuff like that. But these are the same motherfuckers that are, uh, because I did, now I know when I tuned in is when Morning Joe was, I guess they were coming on, talked about Nikki Haley, and then they went on, you know, by extension about Trump, and then they came back to Nikki Haley. But how many indictments does he have, Chris? Uh, 91. 91. How many, what did he say about, he could grab a woman by her pussy? Yeah. And you, you know, and you, you can do it when you're a celebrity, you can do that. Just grab him by the pussy. Right. And when, you know, Bryce, Bryce, he's been married, what, three times? How many baby mamas? Oh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, uh, uh, five kids by three baby mamas. That we know of. That we know of. That we know of. So, oh, by the way, has anybody seen Melania lately? Um, <laughs> I think now that we're seeing the lesions on his fingers, we have a good reason, we have a, a good understanding of why she didn't uh, spend a hell of a lot of time in the uh, marital bedroom in the White House. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, bitch. What lesions? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. He's got le- he's got bloody lesions on his fingers. Oh, and this thing about, this whole thing about Trump smells. That's a thing, too. Have you heard that one? Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Hashtag. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, and so, with all that is said, these motherfuckers are so entrenched in their racism and their white supremacy and all this that they will still vote for this man. Hmm? You know, and so, oh, I think we are talking about Kamala Harris. Hold on on a minute, because, you know, we, way back a long time ago, we were talking, I, I wanted to tell you about the horror I found in Walmart. And we got off on. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we got off on pineapple. We did on that tangent thing. Uh, yes, we did. Hi, Todd. Uh, but no, I was walking by the ice cream, and I kid you not. Oh no, lady! I saw Kraft macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream. Oh 
What you talking about, Will? I, I, I sat there just, sta- you know, it's, it's in one of those glass-fronted you, freezer you, cases, and I just sat there staring at it in slack-jawed horror. Was, were you gobsmacked? I, I, I was. My mouth was hanging open catching flies. I, just, oh. What? Oh. I mean, whose idea was that, and why do they still have a job? Too much, oh. too much. And by well, the way, I, Cynthia, well, Cynthia, I got one for you. Uh, oh, hold on, I gotta, I gotta do some, I gotta do some emails here. Uh, uh, Matt in San Francisco, so, okay. so romantic. I want to marry a person who would insist on changing my name and then insist that everyone call me by a new name. I can't wait until my spouse makes a skin suit out of me. Republican folk ain't right. <laughs> I'm not making a Bill suit. I'm making a Michael suit. I actually, I was, I, I went out. You know, I told, I told you what I was going out for earlier today. And on the way back, I'm listening to an interview with Jodie Foster about their new True Detective season series. Right. Mm-hmm. And whoever was doing the interview asked her, because, you know, a detective, asked her about the obvious connections to Clarice Starling. Can you still hear the lambs, Clarice? Right. Clarice. And the, and the other famous line, the other famous line from that movie, and, and you know, I, 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 no animus or anything, but Jodie Foster said, well, I think the comparison is just naturally going to come up. And she said, I think these are two t- entirely different characters. But she said, you know, Clarice Starling lives in the American zeitgeist. And she right. said, because it was a really great movie and it holds up. And, or something, that's really I close. Can still watch, I can and, still watch that movie. Well, and I was sitting there thinking, well, yes, ma'am. Maybe for some people, but that moment where where that moment where Hannibal says, "Well, you see, Clarice, he wasn't really uh, uh, Billy wasn't really trans. He simply has a fetish for his own appearance being transformed into a woman." My, you know, my 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 my. Uh, my Sir Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter isn't terrible. Uh, but, and what blows me away, I didn't realize this till the other night, Annette and I watched the, uh, the, the Monk movie that's on some streaming platform. Yeah, yeah it's on uh, Peacock. It's on Peacock, right. Mr. Monk's last case. And loved it. I liked it, I enjoyed but it. But I didn't realize that the detective is also Buffalo Bill. Are you kidding me? I didn't know that. Wait a minute, did you did you watch Monk at all? Yes. Alright, wait a minute. You I did never, not realize that my boy was I never ma- I never made the connection. Oh my god. Because see there's that one line 
and this, this is probably no time to go into it, but there's this this bullshit cockamamie theory that uh, uh, that a man named Ray Blanchard, who was a sexologist in Canada, came up with, in which he said there were only two kinds of there were only two kinds of of, of people who want to switch their gender. And, oh he, and he and he made up. Do I need to get the hockey puck out and the duct tape? No, no I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend a hell of a lot of time here. But it it boils okay. down to hustuses, HSTS, and AGPs. Say what? HSTS and AGPs, and AGP stands for a scary neo uh, Greek neologism called autogynophilia. And he used that to exclude Canadian trans patients from being able to uh, being able to transition, and very well may have sent them toward suicide. Whereas the acceptable trans people are the hustuses, who started out life, uh, ex- basically started out their sexual existence as uh, gay boys. And then realized they were trans and transitioned and had never been interested in anything other than men. It's a bullshit theory. Because among other things, it eliminates people like me. Yes. Who was straight, 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 straight before transition. Expected to come out the other side a happy little lesbian. And instead, son of a gun, still straight. Well, this is going to be fun. So, huh. um, but but anyway, so there's that one line where he's look where he's looking into the camera and says, "Would you me? I'd me." Yes. And every time every time I mm-hmm. think of that movie, I hear that line, and I just get a full body cringe. You know, the kind that goes on and on like a. I mean, if there was a Richter scale, it would be like a, a, a cringe Richter scale. It would be like a seven or an eight on the cringe Richter scale. Just and I've gone to I've yeah, gone no, into it, too much it, detail, but, it, yeah. but no, that, no, no. That's what that's what Matt gets for saying skin suit. That's Matt's fault. I think that's a little. See, I, I can't remember Brother Man's name. But I've loved him as an actor forever. Because um, did you, what was that show? He was, because of his voice, I'm not worried. I loved his voice. Um, uh, there was a movie that he. Uh, Ted Levine, he, it, Ted Levine, he, Ted was, Levine. Yeah, Ted Levine. And, and to check out his CVs, his CV. The man is educated. I think, and I think he's from your neck of the woods, actually. Uh, no, Ted, Ted I, Levine. I, no, he, he's not. But I mean, where's he from? Uh, well, Bel Air, Ohio. No, but he did say something. I remember him saying something about being a hillbilly. Well, that, I, I don't know that much oh, about Ohio, oh, so yeah. maybe maybe Bel Air is in the hillbilly is in the hillbilly part of Ohio. And I, it just, he's just he's just such a good actor. 
and the fact, and that is a testament to his acting ability. The fact that he didn't even you didn't even realize that he was Buffalo Bill. That and and good for him on that one because he could have been tight cast for the rest of his career. Yes, that could that could that could have ruined it. But you know what? It took it took a lot of courage to take that role because it had girl yeah it had defining possibility yes yeah. uh, so Flavio's gone out and researched and oh my god mac and cheese ice cream is a thing from Food and Wine magazine Van Leeuwen's Craft Mac and Cheese Ice Cream and I knew that as soon as the phrase mac and cheese ice cream came out of my mouth uh, brother Deacon Asa was bound to try and here he is. I mean, you can you can set a clock by Brother Deacon Asa. I don't know, Kincaid. Yes, you can. That mac and cheese ice cream sounds like it'd be a trip. <laughs> Laughing emoji. And by the way, hello from Jalisco, by the way. Well, hello, Jalisco. Hello. I need you to do two things, Brother Deacon. Uh, one, enjoy some high-quality... Uh, high quality añejo tequila, and two mm-hmm. drink a glass and 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 the straight stuff. None of this fruit flavored bullshit. You need to drink a glass of the drunk making octley for me. You know that mm-hmm. that that, that kind of slimy beverage that's made from uh, uh, maguey and was okay, the, you lost me at slimy. Oh, it's it's slimy, sticky, sweet, but it's fermented and it will it will it will get you drunker than Adam's off ox, and carry, it will get you there in other words. And carries a whopping hangover, at least according to Anthony Bourdain, and the early primary sources because from colonized do, why Mexico. Do people, why do people do shit like that? Why do people it's what drink they, like it, shit it, like yes, that? Yes, pulque in in Spanish it's pulque, but it was octly in the hall. Um. Because people want to get fucked up. I guess I don't know. I, no, they, they, you know I what? mean, all through, all through history, back. animals, animals want to get fucked up. You know, that's why, that's why, that's why birds and eat I, fermented berries and then fly into plate glass windows. <laughs> that's not funny. And so that's what you know. Anything that's sweet will ferment. Whether it's barley malt becomes beer, invented by, you know. Uh, the uh, people in Ur of the Chaldees thousands of years ago, or um, pulque in Mexico, fermented maguey syrup. It's yeah, anything sweet will ferment because yeast exists naturally in the air. Same thing with the discovery of wine, mead, and then there were the Andean peoples who. Fermented, uh, fermented a corn beverage with feces. Okay, so you, I got one for ice cream. Are you ready? Because you did the mac and cheese flavored ice cream. Bring it. Everything bagel ice cream. Saw that. And I've tasted it. And I was so mad at myself for doing that. 
And apparently people were excited to have this mac and cheese ice cream come back. Yeah. It comes with the same buttery, slightly sweet flavor of the powdered cheese that comes in every box of Kraft. Uh, They've also brought back caramel sticky bun. Peanut butter fudge pretzel. Okay, I'm not mad at that. Kettle corn. Not mad at that one either. Has butter, ice cream, and pieces of honeycomb. And then for Christmas, there was holiday cookies and cream. See, these are things I'm not angry about. You know, I'm not a huge cookies and creams person. But these things I can deal with. I'm particularly the whole the pretzel one. But you know, so so the, so so Wally World can bring ice cream from New York and Michigan, and I'm not you know not gooning on either of them. <laughs> oh, I, I know. But they I, can't. I, but they I they, 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 go, they still can't get me my blue bill. <laughs> Your girl's not happy. <laughs> I, I see what I'm like. Oh. She's about to go there. She's about the bluebell ice cream. <laughs> and you're right on that, sis. It's like, you motherfuckers can bring, you know. Well, I got, just like the, um, says, where is bluebell ice cream from? Well, Texas, but they have creameries. Texas, right? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Like I was telling you about the um, ice cream place candles that, and they're, they're based in Ohio. And I know, okay, you know I am not the geography person, Maven, like you are. Mm. But good, I know good and goddamn well, Ohio, Texas is supposed to be in Ohio. Yes. At least I think it is. Yeah, it is. So why, and, and to your question, and to your question, you can get, we can have, uh, uh, that company, uh, and look, trust me, no, I'm not mad because, girl, the, um, that, that, uh, that ice cream is the ball. Okay? So I am not angry with the fact that, um, that, uh, we have handles ice cream from Ohio. Cause, oh girl, girl, the other day I had, what was this snickerdoodles cookie? A snickerdoodle cookie ice cream. Well, see, I never got to try it last summer, but Bluebell introduced, and and Joy, I have it on good uh, good authority from Joy in Ann Arbor. Uh, Bluebell's Dr Pepper Float ice cream was special. Ooh, and I'm not a big Dr Pepper person. And the blackberry I, I co- and the blackberry cobbler was a religious experience. <gasps> oh. And by the way, uh, Micah, Micah just chimed in. She's up in Michigan. And she said of the Kraft macaroni and cheese ice cream, yes, yes, I've seen that shit up here. What? And I cannot stress this part enough. The fuck? But apparently people were totally stoked for it. But I don't think Annette would let me in. You know the, what I'm going right? I don't think Annette would let me in the door with it. I already know. 
my you know my sister Annette. What do you call her? The, um, the Viking warrior Viking princess. princess. Viking warrior princess. I already know sis be like, well, there might be a couple of motherfuckers up in there. <laughs> it's like my mom. You know, I said my mom is in town for my aunt's wedding, right? And so we were watching the view, and like I said, apparently our vice president was on there the other day and was talking about how nervous she is about the prospect of a Trump president. Or she's like, I'm scared as hell. And of course, the snowflakes, better known Republican, how can she be scared? Uh, you know, she's the vice president. What does she got to be, you know, how's she going to be a leader? She's scared. And what is she, blah, 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 blah. It's so whoopee. <laughs> and, her, you know, my mother's like, my mother's like, one day Whoopi's going to, because Whoopi was trying not to cuss, and she did such a good job. She's like, I told my mom, I was like, she just wants to see, because my mother doesn't cuss either. It's one of those things that if my mother said motherfucker, I, then you know whatever somebody did, they deserve to be called a motherfucker, okay? Well, th yeah, that's like the uh, poll we've geez. got going where uh, Matt in San Francisco gets a really bougie toaster when Mika Brzezinski finally breaks down on my filthy morning habit and says Trump is a motherfucker. Yeah, right. And I'm there with you, I'm there with you uh, Matt. But... Mika, honey... Whoopi was... Mika, you know, I, I, I gotta send out a message. Mika... Matt's already cleared counter space. He said that this evening. So just do it. You'll be okay with the suits at NBC. Everybody understands. Just call him a motherfucker, mm -hmm. and I'll get busy, and I'll buy the toaster, and I'll ship it to Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I right. had one of those toasters, Matt. I had not only did, not only was it the toaster like you, the one like you said with. So you can put the, the, the sourdough bread in and bagel wide and all that. But Matt, my toaster was red. Red? Oh, oh. That's like there's this extremely, there's this extremely bougie, extremely expensive gooseneck uh, water heating pot, you know, electric, at my favorite coffee place. Oh, I don't want it so bad because it's so pretty and it's so, so it's so pale. So bad you could almost taste it. It's so pretty and it is so pale strawberries and cream pink, strawberry milk pink. Ooh. Oh, bitch. I, 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 it's like marked down to $125 I, and I'm just going to keep liking it. I'm not buying it. It would be silly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. but, but but that gooseneck is for when you want to do an Americano pour over, and I you know bougie coffee. Because you know me and coffee, I you know I don't care. But you know, but Whoopi so re, Whoopi responded. This is what we people basically. This is basically how Whoopi responded for people like us who have sense. The first, you know, the first day the man said, on his first day, he's going to be a dictator and he's going to go after her, our enemy, his enemy, which is basically the entire, the entire panel of the view. His enemies are people like us, like you and I, who, especially you, and I'm, aside from your, you know, you being transgender, but you talk up about him. You, you inform the public 
about him. So you're already an enemy. So now even more so because of you transition to become your authentic self. So of course we are enemies of the state. Of course he's going to come after us. And so I, as I'm sitting there, because one of the fools that had a comment was some, was some Negro on one of the Fox TV shows. And he, you know, he's like, look, you know, one of those things, look, we're not racist. We got a, we got a token right here. Yeah, I said it. And so they keep, uh, black people, brown people, Nikki Haley, all of these people, the governor, the, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, my mother's state, uh, Tim Scott, the, the junior senator from Todd State of South Carolina, says, uh, uh, the asshole who was the attorney general of Kentucky, who got his ass soundly handed to him when he ran for governor. Uh, Colian Noir, uh, E.G. E.W. Jackson, and and um, uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. And I'm going to say, I know you hate this word, but niggas, y'all are going to be reminded very quickly. Because see, once he becomes the dictator that he has, that he feels that he loves in, that he he feels in his loins, he is going to put us all in concentration camps. And like Matt said, I didn't like camp when I was a kid, so I sure as fuck ain't going to like it as an adult. Okay? We are all going, I mean, okay, there will be a select amount of, you know, because it was like this in a, during during the Holocaust. There was the, the select few Jews that were basically the overseers, and they kept point, and they kept charge. But if they're useful, if they outlived their usefulness, then they were going to go too. So, I just wish, I just wish that there was a, that one a one moment of clarity in these people's lives that when they woke up, you know, and they said, and then they finally stopped listening to the sound bites and the talking points of the Republican Party and or just white supremacists. Well, okay, synonymous, but I I just wish, and I'm not even saying you don't have to be a Democrat. I'm not even saying that because again. As a black person, I have met. I can have. I should have serious beef with the black with the with the Democratic Party. But we only have a two party system. So there's, you know, we have yes, you know, the Democrats, and there's fucking, you know what? And when motherfuckers try to say it's the lesser of two evils, because my sister, who is being has been brainwashed by her. I mean, she still has sense when it comes to certain things. But like we were talking, and I didn't even break it up. And she said something about I'm tired of them and everything, and blah blah blah. And, oh, now you know because she they have a home in Arizona, so she's no longer a registered voter. And 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 then her and her husband are no longer registered voters in Oregon. They are now registered voters in Arizona. So do you really think my sister came to that conclusion on her own, sis? And by the way, for those of you who don't know why that's such a... My sister 
is married to a Trump supporter. And I don't know if he voted for her, voted for him in 2020, nor do I care if he did, but he still watches Fox News, so I'm pretty sure he did. And, and so, they, so, and he, you know, they move, they have homes, they have a home in Oregon, they have a home, they have property in North Carolina, they have property in Arizona. But they have now set up residency in Arizona. And that's their, that's what, and do you know how hard it took me not to say anything, sis? Because I remember years back when she was saying something about, you know, when we had that really bad mass wave of immigration from Central America and the, what were they calling them? The, what did they call them? Uh, the people, the hordes, wait, what were they calling them? What was that Republican talking point? I forget what it was, but she made this comment about what, you know, if they hadn't messed up their country, that's why they're coming here. And I, and to that one though, I did respond. I said, please stop listening to your husband and pick up a book or let me send you some information that I really want you to read about why these people are, you know, when there's a poem that when the, 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 the boat, the water is safer than the land, when these, I said, do you really think, do you really think that knowing that, it, you know, they could go to jail, they could do all these things. Yeah, this is when, when they started doing that mass, putting the little kids in, you know, the unaccompanied minors. I said, um, do you think they would risk their lives to come to this country. If it, it's not like this is a vacation cruise. This is not like they're, you know, on a luxury cruise. They are literally risking their lives and still then even more so risking them, their children being taken from them and they're never seeing their children again. But the situations in their countries are so terrible that they're willing to do that. It is not that cut and dry. You, Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Flavio says, yeah, the migrant caravan. I think that's it. Right. Something caravan. Yes, 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 yes. You know, um, you know, it's just, it's just, oh, God, it's just, it's just, oh, it's just, it's just, there's a okay. I'm going to send it to you because I'm about to go see a, a, a movie. But it's called, um, and I'm going to send you the poem. And this is probably something. It wouldn't be. Um, I got So basically, it's like no one leaves home unless a home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. Your neighbors running faster than you. Breathe, breathe, bloody in their throats. The boy who went, you went to school with who kissed you dizzy behind the old tin factory is holding a gun bigger than his body. You only leave home when home won't let you stay. No one leaves home unless home chases you. Fire under feet, hot bloody blood in your belly. It's not something you ever thought of doing until the blade burnt threatened to your neck. And even when you carry the anthem under your breath, only tearing up 
tearing up your passport in an air, airport in an airport toilet, sobbing as each mouthful of paper made it clear that you wouldn't be going back. You have to understand that no one puts their children in the boat unless the water is safer than the land. No one burns their palms under trains beneath carriages. No one spends days and nights in the stomach of a truck, feeding on newspaper unless the miles traveled needs something more than journey. No one crawls under fences. No one wants to be beaten. Pity. No one chooses refugee camps or strip searches where your body is left aching or prison because safe prison is safer than a city of fire and one prison guard in the night is better than a truckload of men who look like your father. No one could take it. No one could stomach it. No one's skin could, would be tough enough to go home black refugees, dirty immigrants, asylum seekers, sucking our country dry niggas with their hands out. They smell strange, savage, messed up their country and now they want to mess ours up. How do the words, the dirty looks roll off your back, maybe because the blow is softer than the limb torn off, or the words are more tender than 14 men between your legs. The insults are easier to swallow than a rubble, than bones, than your child body in pieces. I want to go home. The home is the mouth of a shark. Home is the barrel of the gun, and no one would leave home unless home chased you to the shore, unless home told you to quicken your legs, leave your clothes behind, crawl through the desert, wade through the oceans, drown, save, be hunger, beg, forget pride. Your survival is more important. No one leaves home until home has a sweaty voice in your ear saying, please run away from me now. I don't know what I've become, but I know that anywhere is safer than here. Wow. That part. Wow. And who did that? Um, her, uh, let's see. Um, poetry. Uh, Watched on Sire, a Somali British writer and poet in her 20s. And this poem was written in 2015. Well, yeah, I think it was written in 2015. Even more relevant that, now. Um, I just think. Mm hmm. That part. So, Horn family, I just sent it to Robin, but you can just look it up. Um, so, when people say, you know, um, think about that poem. Think about when people, like I said, like I just said, well, they messed up their country, so now they're coming here. And that this is this article was written in 2015, so I think the poem is about then too. But yeah, it's Warson. W A R S A N Shire. Sire or Shire, S H I R E. Shire. Please look that poem up and please read it. But I I got a bounce. I love you. I love you more than I love my luggage. All right, you take care. Have, a, have a good night and a safe night. You and too, stay uh, the hell away from the macaroni and cheese ice cream. As long as you stay away from the everything bagel ice cream as well. You have my word of honor. <laughs> I love you, sis. I'll see you later. Hi. Bye. Tracy from the mean streets of L.A. Uh, no, uh, note coming in from Cynthia. Uh, it's like, what the hell would it take for anyone to leave their home with only what they can carry and walk 2,000 miles to escape? Can you imagine walking that far? 
Hell, not many of us could do 20 miles in one day and have to come back tomorrow and do it again and again and again. Imagine the muscle soreness you would have after the first day. And imagine doing it when you don't know where you're going to get a drink of water or a bite to eat or where you'll sleep. Or You'd have to be desperate as hell. Exactly. Exactly. And knowing that you were walking into the jaws of a rabid animal otherwise known as the United States of America. Um, Cynthia has gotten her brining recipe from uh, uh, a friend who's a chemistry professor and big into smoking anything and everything. It looks like a pretty good brine recipe. Uh, usually when I do it, Cynthia, I get a food, a five-gallon food-grade plastic bucket, um, like a, you know, a big box home improvement store. And I do, like, two cups of kosher salt or sea salt to, um, like, two gallons of water. And then I get one eight-pound bag of ice. And I dissolve, I dissolve my, uh, my brine. And here's my dirty little secret for brining. I love pickling spice. You know, it's got allspice and mustard seed and bay leaves and all kinds of stuff in it. And I will, I'll use, I'll use a full jar of that, you know, the typical jar like you find in the spice aisle. Use a full jar of that, garlic powder, onion powder, chili powder, and it works on, it works on everything. Pork, beef brisket, um, God knows, turkey and chicken. Um. But that'll be that'll be beautiful. Uh, that that'll be beautiful on a, on a plank of salmon. Um, but uh, Cynthia, it, it, the best salmon recipe I've ever gotten came from Brother Deacon Asa. Presently, swilling pulque in Jalisco. I hope um, that where you do the, the 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 egg whites with the kosher salt and you do like dill and lemon across the fillet and then you put the, you encase it all in the salt and put it in, and keep it cold it'll draw that fishiness out and the and the and the salmon will just be uh, fork flake tender and to do a, a a lox and bagel like that and then of course you know you slowly smoke it and it's heavenly uh, Ralph as soon as uh, as soon as uh, Tracy sends me that poem. I will find a way to get it up onto social media. Um, Jude says, "Amen to that piece just read by Tracy." Reminds me of standing on the border when the children were ripped from the arms of their precious parents. And imagine something like forty percent of the American voting population wants to go back to that. The maggots would be perfectly happy if the Texas National Guard just opened fire and started mowing people down crossing the Rio Grande and turned that river red. That's who they are. It is who they are. And they're not kidding. And they've got other people they want rid of. Uh, not something fun to ponder, but Randy Radar 
just said, you won't be selling cigarettes beneath the southeast tower. You'll be selling cigarettes on, on the southeast corner of the end zone because that's what happened in Chile when the junta turned the stadiums into concentration camps. Well, we'd never do that with stadiums in this country, Randy, because those stadiums have to be used to make money for billionaire professional sports franchise owners or various and sundry colleges and universities. Now, it'll probably be like what happened out in, uh, was it Iowa, where they just used the uh, feedlot at the state fairgrounds. That was years ago, though, I'm sure. I'm sure nothing like that happens anymore, right? So, listen, we're pretty much at the end of the program. We've got $110 to go so that we're not dealing with over a week of unfunded broadcasts tomorrow. If we could do that, we'll just be at $1,500 behind when Friday on the front porch commences tomorrow. So finishing off last Friday would be really, really, really fantastic. Um, And by the way, uh, no labels, that spoiler outfit that that is looking to make sure Nitwit Nero gets back in the White House, has qualified for the ballot in Kansas, and they're working on other states. And for all we know, they're um, working on getting Joe Manchin to run for president. Because it would benefit Joe Manchin to run for president. It wouldn't benefit the United States of America. But remember the first law of Manchin's. No one named Manchin ever does anything that doesn't benefit someone named Manchin. And the second law of Manchin's. No one named Manchin has ever voted for any Democrat whose name wasn't Manchin. Good Lord. And I don't know whether to call this good news or bad. But uh, the war cabinet in Israel may be falling to pieces. The opposition leader in Israel, Yair Lapid, has filed a no-confidence motion against the coalition government as of yesterday. They may get rid. They may get rid of uh, Psycho Baby Keskese, or they may find them. Uh, we may. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe the next prime minister will be Beelzebub Smotrich or what's his fuck Ben Gavir. And then they'll really get their genocide on, as if they aren't already. And, uh, by the way, Bibi rubbed the United States' nose in it a little earlier. Uh, He gave an address and said, 
in any arrangement in the foreseeable future, with an arrangement or without one, Israel must have security control over all the territory west of the Jordan. Wow. That's the occupied West Bank. That's Gaza. Uh, this clashes with the idea of sovereignty for Palestine. What can you do? And he went ahead, went on and said, I told this truth to our friends, the Americans, and I also blocked the attempt to impose a reality that would harm Israel's security. The prime minister needs to be able to say no, even to our best friends. Well, cool, baby. You know what? The United States needs to be able to say no. The president of the United States needs to be able to say no, even to our best friends and <clears throat> partners in peace. <clears throat> uh, they recently announced a $15 billion war budget. Guess who's paying for a lot of that? Yeah. He even went so far as to respond to a question about Israeli efforts to counter Iran and disagreed with the assertion that Israel is only battling Iran's proxies. Who told you we weren't attacking Iran? We're attacking! <sighs> as an American, I really don't like having our noses rubbed in it by a psychopath and a fascist. It's disgusting. Uh, meanwhile, the Israeli finance minister is, of course, Beelzebub Smotrich. who has declared uh, that budget money going to the war was a necessity, Beelzebub Smotrich said, there are no free meals. The war requires a temporary change of priorities and the postponement of other important things. I understand your anger toward me in the last few days. Freeing up budgets for the war effort is the meaning of national responsibility. The war effort, as he defines it, being the complete erasure of Palestinian people from Gaza. Because as Colonel Chivington once said, prior to the Sand Creek Massacre, nits make lice. And he, uh, Bibi may have stepped in it. Uh, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut said that Psycho Bibi is complicating any attempt to provide aid to Israel and for the southern border and for the actual real no kidding desperate fight for democracy on planet Earth that is taking place in Ukraine. 
Murphy declared, I think when Netanyahu says things like he did, it doesn't help win votes from people who are skeptical about the future of a Palestinian state. That statement is not helpful, and yes, we're going to need to get a lot of Democratic votes to pass this. Chris Murphy is the lead Democrat on the aid package. Senator Elizabeth Warren said, It is the official policy of the United States government that we support two nations for two people to live in dignity and with self-determination. If Prime Minister Netanyahu opposes that, then we need to question why we're supporting the Netanyahu government. Good on you, Liz. Senator Peter Welch of Vermont also didn't mince words. It's nice to see a little spine being shown. What we're seeing with Netanyahu is that he is willing to take our money but will always reject our advice. Peter Welch continued and said, He does not share our concern about the loss of Palestinian life. In Gaza, it's full speed ahead. Netanyahu is going his own way. And he said he's going to create more tension trying to get this funding. Uh... Senator Tammy Duckworth, who, of course, was decorated for her service in our war against the innocent people of Iraq, who sits on the Armed Services Committee, said, I think the way forward to peace in the region is a two-state solution. And a Palestinian state is also important for the peace of Israel as well. I don't think he, Netanyahu, is in step with the majority of his own population. She went on to say that she was appalled by his comments. Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii said, Netanyahu is wrong. He's making it extremely difficult for Israel's future, for the prospects of peace. He is at every opportunity making things worse. Meanwhile, Senator Raffaelito Eduardo Cruz, the Booger Eaton, uh, anointed Booger Eaton future King of America from Texas, said, I have long said on the question of a one-state or two-state solution in the Middle East that America should not try to dictate that outcome, that nobody cares for the safety and security of Israel more than the people of Israel. That's just word salad. If the people of Israel decide to negotiate a two-state solution, that is within their sovereign prerogative to do so. But if they decide that the threat of the sorts of attacks we saw on October 7th are too great for the sort of solution, that also should be within their prerogative. Nothing in there about the prerogative of the United States not to pay for a fucking genocide, Raffaelito. And nothing in Raffaelito's remarks about any rights on the part of Palestinian people. So, that's the program. That is this Thorn in the Side Thursday. Oh, one last thing. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the fascist government in Israel is trying to fearmonger uh, the United States. Truly, this is a wag-the-dog situation. 
Uh, this came from Israeli President Isaac Herzog, who spoke at the World Economic Forum in Davos. He said, if you ask an average Israeli now about his mental state, nobody in his right mind is willing right now to think about what will be the solution of the peace agreements. Everybody wants to know, can we be promised real safety in the future? And then, thinking a hell of a lot more highly of himself than he deserves, we are fighting a war for the entire universe, for the free world. Oh, shut the fuck up. You are not committing a genocide on behalf of the world. If Israel was not there, Europe will be next, because these barbaric jihadists want to get all of us out of the region and want to get Europe out of its place as well, and the United States is next. Well, listen, Hertzy. Here's the thing. 15, uh, 15 Saudis flew planes into the World Trade Center in the Pentagon and corkscrewed one into the ground in Pennsylvania and killed 3,000 people. In return for that, Isaac, can I call you Isaac, Isaac? In return for that, the United States of America murdered a million innocent Iraqi non-combatant civilians. Do you think we're really sweating that Hamas is coming for us in fucking paragliders? That would just give the American war machine an opportunity to commit even more murders. I'll bet Isaac Herzog would love it if they attacked us. Because then we would go in and do the dirty work of erasing Gaza from the face of the earth for Israel. The United States is next. Oh, fuck off. At least the European parliaments had the, 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 the courage to call for a permanent ceasefire, provided that all hostages are immediately and unconditionally released and the terrorist organization Hamas is dismantled. Oh, uh, uh, but the Israeli police have decided they would tolerate an anti-war protest uh, this Saturday in Paris Square in Haifa. But only 700 demonstrators will be allowed to protest. Because Israel is the greatest democracy in the Middle East. That's, that reminds me of George W. Bush's free speech zones. Remember those? Because I do. But really, that's it. That's the program. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patre Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our, uh, our uh, challenge makers, our respondents, our a la carte contributors. Everyone who has kept this program going for this little conversation going, this independent little non-commercial operation going all these years, we hope we can keep it going. Thank you.
Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room this evening. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Oh, enjoy Jalisco. And let us know when you get safely back home. Uh, Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment for the algorithms. It builds our visibility. And it's having an effect. Really helps. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine if you can. Maybe think if you're of an A of a certain age, get that pneumonia shot. Wear your mask around larger groups of people. And wear your mask if you think you're even going to be around one maggot. Because the maggot party is a is an individual discrete vector of the disease. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if Isaac Herzog comes towards you blathering and babbling some horse shit about the U.S. is next! Avoid that fascist like the plague. Because he is. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.